Hey folks, it's Jeff Fuzzy Wenzel from the Woodshed Agency, and you are listening to a new episode of Successfully Funded. Here we go, let's turn it up. Turn it up. Yeah! All right, crowdfunders. How is everybody doing in the land of crowdfunding, in the land of dreams, in the land of getting your products funded, in the in the land of asking friends and family and fools for money, you know, so that you can produce something, right? Well, I hope everybody's doing all right out there. Uh, I am your host, Jeff Fuzzy Wenzel. Most of you know me. Uh, if you're a listener, you know me because this is my podcast. And what we do here on Successfully Funded is we talk to project creators while they're in the middle of an active campaign or right at the end of a campaign. So that way we're, we're getting the most up-to-date information about what's going on out there in the land of digital marketing and and, and, and product development and how you can raise the money that you need to, uh, you know, to make things happen. Happen. So on today's episode, well, we are going to be talking about a, a children's toy. It's an educational audio toy, and it's a music player for children. It's called Timio. That's T-I-M-I-O. And their campaign is ending in about three days. So you've got a, just a little bit of time here to jump on board. But what's intriguing about this campaign is that they had about a $22,000 goal, and they're currently at $82,000, over 775 backers. And this is very, very interesting because children's products tend to be a very challenging thing to get crowdfunded because there's a there's a window of time, right? So like if you're, as, as your kid's getting older, you don't want you know, like the baby toys or whatever it might be, right? So um, very, very cool campaign. This is one of the biggest numbers I've seen around a child's toy. So that conversation is going to be coming up here in just a moment. So stay tuned, right? Stay tuned. Enjoy the episode. Take a moment. If you're on a bus, you're in a car right now, just take a deep breath. Enjoy the podcast, right? Like just let it just over come over you, right? Like a big wave. <laughs> All right. So what's going on over here at One Ones Away? Well, well, spring's here, which is nice, and my kids are on spring break, so they are. It's currently like play day week, right? So every day there's like a new play date we got going on. So right now the kids are gone, which is giving me an opportunity to actually record this intro because otherwise, like if it was yesterday, we had like three boys all around eight years old sprinting around, screaming, doing Beyblade battles, fighting. My daughter's then turning up uh, the music, uh, you know, so that it's over over their volume, and it's just chaos. It's just absolute bonkers and chaos um so i got a nice moment here but you know because the kids are like i said the kids are out on a out at a play date but man it's all about play dates right now man that's that's like that is the absolute cat's meow is as many play dates as possible right and there's never enough so like as soon as my kids get home they're gonna be like hey dad could we get a play date with a so-and-so friend it's like you just got home from a play date you know we got to organize these things there's a lot going on you know so feeling real good so i've got a i've got an internal goal i wanted to tell everybody but uh, i'm hoping this is gonna be my first week of going to to bikram yoga all five days so far i'm on day two i went monday and tuesday i'm gonna go tomorrow feeling good you know got that energy going um and then also sunday i got to play like a real intense basketball game with uh, uh my buddy and my son um and I had a moment where my son, you know, my son's a little bit smaller than some of his friends, right? So, you know, he got real frustrated that he's not making baskets on a 10-foot hoop. And I'm like, buddy, it, 
you're eight. <laughs> We're using a big ball and it's 10, 10 feet up. I, you know, it's not that easy um, for you to for you to do this. But time will get here, right? Like, uh, just allow time to do its thing. So I had to have a sit down with him and just tell him about, you know, there's a reason that I I'm, I'm okay at basketball. I basically played my entire life, right? Since fifth grade on, I played. Um, you know, I've played a lot of basketball, and my 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 son was was getting frustrated that he's not as good. And I'm like, please, you gotta drop that. So had a nice father son moment here as we're. Uh, uh, on Sunday, but it was it was great because I, man, I got my sweat on Sunday, uh, got my uh, got my energy going, and then went right like I said went right into Bikram on uh, Bikram Yoga Monday morning, and then uh, went today. So yeah, that's three solid days of working the body, work work the body. Um, so feeling really really good right now. I'm uh, drinking a lot of water. Hear that? There's the water I'm drinking out of my uh, my swell. Uh, my swell bottle and um but yeah that's what's going on around here so uh we got a couple interesting things going on if you are getting ready to launch a kickstarter campaign whether equity or reward base please reach out and give me a call um set up a 20 minute call go to woodshed.agency backslash or front slash uh, or uh, forward slash uh consultation and pick a time it's a 20 minute free call and i think this is good for anybody to do because we are going to talk about you know what to expect things that you might not be thinking about right now and i'll give you an example on it as the year kind of keeps you know trucking along here um, you want to be real cautious in your production cycle that you're not um, collecting a ton of money in this calendar year and then shipping out next calendar year because there's going to be changes typically in the shipping code. So a lot of times we tell people really try to get this going in, in, a, in a full year, right? You want to have like a nice clean year for taxes, uh, for shipping, and make sure all your numbers are nice and clean. So that's just one example of something that we could talk about. Um, and again, it's a free call, so you might as well might, might as well set up. If you're thinking about getting ready to run an equity campaign, definitely reach out. We um, I got to I got to put my tap on the back here. We just had two campaigns finish uh, in equity crowdfunding. One of them called World Tree, who was uh, Wendy was a, a, a guest on, on the podcast here. They are about to cross eight hundred thousand dollars on their WeFunder campaign, which is amazing. We've been working with them since October, and then the other campaign over on the platform called Republic, called Lava Bit, just finished their equity raise on Sunday night, and they ended up raising about four hundred and sixty thousand dollars. So we just did one point two, one point. Almost $1.3 million. We were about $20,000 short when it's all said and done, um, which is awesome. And my team has worked real hard. It was great to, to get these projects funded. And, um, you know, just wanted to give you a heads up on that. I mean, this is something that I'm really, really proud of here. So, so if you're getting ready to run an equity campaign, you got to reach out to us because we got to talk about what's going to be happening here uh, behind the scenes uh, and how you're going to get these things funded Um you know, more than what you're going to do on your own, basically, right? Um, so big numbers, which has been exciting for us. Uh, but then also, make sure if you are a fan of the podcast, if you love listening, make sure you're a subscriber on iTunes or Stitcher or Spotify or wherever you get your podcast. Click the subscribe button. Leave us a review. That is uh, That allows more people to be able to find these episodes and, and we can share out this information. So uh, those are a couple of things you can do for me. But uh, why don't we go ahead and kick to my, my, kick to my interview. So let's go talk to Basile and we're going to talk about the uh, uh, the Kickstarter campaign Timio, which, like I said, ends in three days. So if you're thinking about picking up this product, you got to do it now, right? So, uh, all right, here's my conversation. Can only turn to rage. It's best we turn around before they lock us both away. 
lights on. So hey. Recording. This is a big, big moment here. So why don't we start off with a quick sound check? Um, why don't you tell my listeners what you had for breakfast this morning? What I have, uh, my, my oats. I have oats every day. So oats every day, huh? Okay, all right. Uh, so j- an oat guy every day, huh? Any particular yes. kind? Are they special oats? What? No. Nope. Just rolled oats and with my uh, frozen fruits, and uh, it's really healthy. No milk, just water. Wow. Water, oats, and a bit of honey. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Awesome. Well, I think we're sounding good here. Let's let's jump into it. So why don't you tell my listeners what you're currently raising money for uh, over on Kickstarter? Yes. So I've created a toy uh, called Timio, which is a music and sound player. And I'm raising funds, actually, to just go to the factory. So the, the product's been developed. We've got it prototyped. Uh, we just need the money to just go and get it produced. Nice, nice. So, for our listeners out there, walk us through what what do, what are you talking about? What do what do you mean with that with a a kid's toy? Uh, what what do you mean? Yes. You so, uh, I've been producing music actually for children uh, in several languages for the last five years, and I put that in combination of noticing that kids are way too much on screens, you know, from a very early age, yep. and kind of really bugs me, you know. I'm uh, uh, on one hand, yes, my music is streaming online, so people are playing the music through their smartphones and iPads to their kids. But on the other hand, uh, I see parents giving a smartphone too easily to their children. So I came up with an idea of a music and sound player where the kid is in control. The kid can turn it on, no password, nothing. He's in control. He's going to turn it on. She's going to play it whenever she wants it. And that really puts out the screens for a few more months, hopefully. Hopefully the parents will see the benefits of delaying the kids' use of a smartphone as much as possible. And of course, if it puts a smile on their face, if it teaches them something, uh, that's even greater. And that's the idea of teaming. That's great. That's great. So <clears throat> what, what does a kid do with it? How does, he, how does music get into it? What, what is he, uh, what's the kid doing with, the, with your uh, product? So Timio comes with uh, preloaded music. It's really curated content. So it's content that uh, I own. Uh, I am, it's proprietary. So it's really um, the music that I've been producing, which is now streaming on Spotify, which will be included in the toy. On top of music, you have nursery rhymes. We have fairy tales. You have uh, content, uh, vocabulary content, um, just about uh, a whole range of, uh, different uh, themed discs, which play in multiple languages. So right now we have five languages, and we've been requested for since we launched uh, uh, Timion's Kickstarter for a lot more languages. <laughs> so we have to manage uh, now how we can deliver as much as possible in a short time frame. Sure, that's great. Right. So where does this idea? kind of start from i mean obviously you, you said you're in music and stuff and and i have a music background too so uh, i used to own recording studios so I, I know so you got music kind of going around you but where does the idea start to happen to start putting it into like a child's toy why, yeah why so listen i mean you you and i you know we've got a couple of gray hairs we remember <laughs> cassette tapes and yes, yes. maybe even lps and yep. cds and they're just all disappeared and i have a bit of nostalgia I remember when I was a kid, you know, I had a, an LP player, which actually eats the LP, you know. It goes, oh, yeah, you, you slid it in. You always slid it in. And uh, it was kind of cool, you know, you were in control. Um, and uh, the Timio idea actually comes with discs. 
The disks are magnetic and they are RFID, so they're recognized by the player themselves. And it, re uh, it really reminds me of a bit of my youth uh, when I grew up with uh, those uh, different uh, playing devices. Um, so it's a bit of that, you know. So I, I thought, okay, so why not create uh, a player that in combination with the latest technology, you know, we're using uh, the, the magnetic disk, we're using uh, LED lights, we're using RFID, we're using, uh, you, know, uh, you know, digital music. So all of that combined into one toy, which, by the way, is not that complicated. It's not a high-tech toy. It's high-tech in the inside, but on the, on the outside, is extremely simple. Right. So I, if you want to want me to go back a little bit how the idea came, I said, okay, so why not having a player and a, and a disc and combine them to play that music? So I went out and contacted an ex-colleague of mine from Philips. I used to work at Philips Electronics. You know, they make the Norelco yes. shaver, oh, yeah. Yeah, the yeah. Sonicare toothbrush, really beautiful uh, devices. So, and I said to him, I said, you know, can you help me come up with a nice design? And the guy is actually has got really a nice portfolio of products that are in the mass consumer, uh, has been mass uh, produced. And uh, yeah, so together we came up with a beautiful design, extremely simple and pure, um, and it has no buttons. Actually, the, the player has absolutely not a single button. If you turn it around from all sides, I can show it to you right now, it has no buttons. Wow. There it is. So this is the object on its own. No, without any any buttons. Yeah, but it works. <laughs> so this great. is the one without the PCB. So the one with the electronics inside is back at the factory for an upgrade. So this is the, the version uh, which is in. Yeah. A wow, that's great. That's great. So what starts the process after you after the idea starts to kind of connect? You know, and you've, you're talking to your friend that you that works. You know, that that knows a little about this world. What do you start to do? How do you start to get the prototyping the ideas i mean it just seems like it's such yeah. a that's a big mountain to climb right so what what starts the process listen i'm like the most mr anybody as there there is out there i have never made anything uh, physical you know all yeah. my life has been behind the screen you know doing marketing doing emails yeah. i've never come come up with anything dig, uh, physical so uh, i have no clue i have absolutely no clue <laughs> so yeah. i just started Contacting my network, Googling, it's like, how do you do that? You know, so I just found somebody on my LinkedIn who did, who did electronics and contacted him and we, you know, sat together and came up with some ideas. And, and you know, it was just slowly built up, you know, to figure out that first I need, you know, uh, somebody to, to make the design. So this was my, the designer, uh, Peter Gall. And then I needed an pro electronic prototype. So I went to Fritz, which is a neighbor here in, in, in Amsterdam. And then from there, I, I, I thought, you know, we needed to go further. So I contacted actually a very big company, Ponverlo, which uh, does, um, I don't know if you know, the Maxi Cozy Child Seat. Oh, uh, yeah. Cars, yeah, yeah. You know? So this, this company really is kick-ass. So they were expensive. So. Yeah. <laughs> so they dig deep in my pocket, but they came up with really figuring out how to make it uh, manufacturable. You know, right. so we had a pretty design, we had something that looked good, you know, that people liked in terms of uh, shape. But then we needed something that could become manufacturable, could work uh, as a mass-produced product. So they, they um, you know, they, they fixed it up, and we figured out how to do that. 
Wow. Um, and then from there, actually, uh, I needed to also come up with a uh, branding. So I was lucky because the wife of the designer of Timio worked at DesignBridge, which is a huge marketing company. Uh, they have several offices around the world. And they usually take one project every year pro bono to you know, train their staff to do something else. And they picked my idea. <laughs> That's awesome. And they did all the branding, so they really did the logo, you know, the, the style guide and everything. So we really came up with something that was very strong in terms of personality around the toy. And uh, that was really uh, luck again. So, you know, a little bit of, you know, using my network, a little bit of luck, yeah. and I could figure out, you know, how to put a package that's actually quite uh, marketable. Right. That's awesome. What, during that whole phase, what was the biggest roadblock that you had to overcome? Yeah, so the roadblock is how to go from a prototype to something, you know, that you can uh, mass manufacture. So you can go directly from your little, you know, cardboard prototype to China. Um, that's, that can present some challenges. Obviously, the distance is a challenge. You may not have enough funds to go back and forth. Right. Communication is huge challenge, uh, you know, you're... Oh, on the other side of the globe, different accents. And mm -hmm. uh, so I decided actually to get it done, uh, the prototype, get it done here in the Netherlands uh, by uh, the, the Van Berlo company, which does the really beautiful design and fine tuning and another company that does the electronics. So we came up with actually a working prototype. So that, you know, again, I, I decided to dig deep in my pockets and get that, functioning prototype, which is quite complex uh, for a guy who's never done anything. Yeah, right, like right, right. <laughs> Before I went to China, I could have gone to China, I could have saved a lot of money, but it would have been more challenging in terms of communications, I think. It's, yeah. Some, yeah. Some, some other products that are simpler uh, may be less challenging, but this one required, uh, you know, plastic molding and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, PCB design, electronics, data, you know, so programming, uh, software. So it was quite a complex. So I decided, okay, let's do it here properly in the Netherlands before we go to China. Was there any concern at all in this part of the, uh, where you are, where you were in that journey about um, intellectual property at all with China? I mean, that's yes. come up with a lot with yes. why I tell a lot of people to stay home as long as possible yeah. until you've got all your ducks in a row because they know what they're doing over there very quickly. Um, Absolutely. No, so I, I had a conversation. Yeah. So first of all, I'm right now dealing with uh, an OEM. So sorry, a contract manufacturer for the largest toy company in the world. So they, they're making my toy, but they're making toys for the biggest name out there. Right, <laughs> I right. say it. Um, so I, there's a, a huge element of trust. Um, I went and met them. Uh, obviously, as soon as you go on Kickstarter, you're just telling the world, you know, copying, you know, they see that you've been funded, they, they know how much sales you're getting. So, you know, you're, you're asking for it. So, so even with intellectual property protection, you're going to have some challenges. However, I did dig in my pocket again <laughs> and made sure that I have a, so I have a patent pending uh, and a PCT, which is, uh, covers me for the next uh, 18 months until I, decide which markets I want to patent it in. And right now it's patented in the U.S., so for sure U.S. is protected. So in the next 18 months, I can decide depending on sales, depending on strategy, depending on 
finances <laughs> where I want to uh, have a full patent. So that's again still up and coming. I did also do a copy, uh, a uh, trademark for the name. Um, so again, it's, it requires some uh, financial uh, backing. Uh, luckily, I have the bit of savings, and um, so I could do that. But uh, think about it; it really requires uh, if you're trying to protect yourself. Think about patents. Uh, you know, put some money aside for patents. Right, uh, right. It's it's costly. Yeah, yeah. And, and well, how about the moment though that you knew you actually had something? Like you know, where this wasn't fool's gold. You knew you actually had a product. What was that moment where you were like, "All right, we need to bring this to Kickstarter. We are now ready." Where, where was that? Yeah, moment? I I really uh, I, I started you know showing it to my neighbors as as simple as that, and the kids were just you know didn't even care what they were. They just knew what to do, mm-hmm. and they were just like you know trying to play the, the music on the discs. Um, so really, the kids themselves told me that this is this is it. You know, I had something because it. I was even surprised myself that this didn't exist. It, it, it's, the concept is simple. You have a disc, uh, uh, sorry, a player, and you have a disc with images on it. So you combine the two. There's a magnet behind it, and then you can you know play the uh, the music by just tapping an image, or play the sound by tapping an image. So the toy will say, find the, the, the chicken, and you say. You click on the chicken. I have videos on my Kickstarter page yeah. with the working prototype. So this is the dummy. Yeah. So you will see how it works on the on the Kickstarter page. Um, so I was surprised it didn't exist. So I was like, okay, it could be fun. And when I put it together, and it was fun, I saw it on the kid's face. And you see the video, by the way, on right. the Kickstarter page. The kids in that video were just, you know, like, we had so much footage because they just wouldn't stop playing with it, you know? So there was... I mean, there was uh, the kids themselves really told me that uh, I had something going on. That, that's awesome. Yeah, it's always great when it's uh, when you get that validation from your actual, like, who would you be using it? Not just in yeah. your mind, like, oh, no, this other guy told me it was cool. No, when you're seeing, like, the actual customer, who, who would want this thing using Absolutely. it? Absolutely. And, and kids don't lie. I mean, you have kids. I, I, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So, kids don't lie. You know, if they hate something, they will, they will tell you. They will get bored right away. Yeah. We'll put it aside, but you know, it's, we're just having fun with it. So. Yeah, that's good. That's interesting. Now, was there any consideration? Um, uh, so, so for me, I found that kid kid products in general are pretty challenging in crowdfunding just because of the time yes. elements, right? So, you know, if the the parents are ordering this today and their kids, yeah. whatever, that you know, the age range might change by the time you deliver this. I know. Was there any of that sort of conversation? Absolutely, before? absolutely. So, I could have started Kickstarter earlier and get the funding to uh, do the prototyping from Kickstarter, but like you said, you know, it would have taken. I'm two years, you know, I'm, I'm doing this for two years now. So I definitely waited until the prototype was ready, until the factory was ready, uh, before I did the Kickstarter uh, campaign. So now everything's aligned. So, so far is going well. Delivery time is now, so we end the campaign April 5th. So uh, 5th of April, so keep that in mind. So April, April, May, June, July, August. So we've got four months, which is a very, very reasonable for a Kickstarter campaign. Um, so yeah, so but we just have to. We're right now really <laughs> putting uh, all our efforts to get it delivered on time. So the, definitely, it's a, a big factor for kids products. Uh, that's cool. That's cool. What over the last, um, you know, maybe well, actually let's let's break it down a little bit around like team members and stuff. Now it sounds like you, obviously you got lucky 
with having that relationship that you built to the, for them to take you guys uh, take you on pro bono. But what were you looking for in terms of team members and stuff? Was it just mostly you, or do you have other people helping on stuff? What, what does it look like right now for you? Guys? Yeah, it's it's mostly me. I have another uh, co- a colleague who's working with me now since uh, over a year, doing all the marketing, all the social media. Uh, the rest is, uh, you know, professionals, uh, just uh, outsourced professionals. So I'm really uh, dealing with a very small team. So I'm uh, uh, very lean <laughs> yeah. on, in that term. So that really, really keeps the costs down. Um, yeah, so the idea was mine. So I didn't do that in collaboration with somebody else from the beginning. Uh, so right now, just dealing with professionals and, uh, no. It's going, it's going well, actually. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's also another possibility. If, uh, you have uh, an idea, but it costs. So definitely yeah. keep that in mind. <laughs> yeah. Well, what, what, when you're working even with like professional agencies and stuff or whatever they're, they're, they're experts in, you know, what are you looking for when you're going to them? Because I think a lot of people might be in your position in terms of, I do need some help in whatever marketing, yeah. design, manufacturing, shipping, whatever it might be what are you kind of looking for though? Is it just, Hey, I'm just going to hire them. They're perfect. Or is there a, a case studies you're looking for? What are you looking for behind the scenes before you make that decision? Yeah. I, I look at their experience. Uh, you know, it's just, uh, I, I, some of them are local actually in the Netherlands. Some of them are abroad. Um, I looked a lot right lately with working with people, uh, through my network. Mm-hmm. I just want uh, the big element of trust because uh, you're going to get bombarded by um, people wanting to work with you. I, I just don't even reply. You know, I don't bother. You know, I just work with people that I know either directly or via somebody else. So their experience is, uh, you know, stamped on you know, by your network. You say, okay, you can trust this guy, you can trust this person. Um, and that's my uh, main reason to work with somebody is really because of trust. Yeah. And what, what's the startup culture like right now in the Netherlands? I mean, are, are, do you have access to a lot of resources or mentors or whatever you need, or is it still, you got to kind of search for it? Yeah, they are actually, I was surprised how many Kickstarter campaigns were from the Netherlands. Yeah. Uh, there's a guy, uh, you know, 10 minutes from here who raised $4 million on Kickstarter yeah. uh, for an inflatable lounge, you know, this, yep. Uh, yep. I know what you're talking about. You know, yeah. It's, so he did really well. So I went and went down and met with him. He gave me some tips very early on. Mm-hmm. And uh, really, it was quite encouraging. He also liked the idea of uh, the Timio product that I'm, uh, I have on Kickstarter. So that was also encouraging. So it's good to have uh, somebody to talk to who has experience. By the way, my neighbor actually just moved in uh, from the UK. He did a Kickstarter campaign also. <laughs> A couple of years ago, so I was I was like, hey, there's so many people to talk to. If you can find somebody who has experience, you know, talk to them because that yeah. really, really helps. Uh, not only to get some uh, feedback, but also to get you know a sense if this is for you or not. Because for a month, your life is going to change, <laughs> or more, obviously, yeah. to create the product depending on the complexity. Complexity. It's good to talk to people and see if this is if this is for you or not or not. Yeah. Well, I mean, was, was there something in you that made you want to go down the entrepreneur route of starting a pro like any sort of product or a kid's toy? What, you know, is that, is that in your family yeah. DNA? Like, like, you know, did you, were you working another business? How, how did you get to the point where you still wanted to be an entrepreneur and do this? You know? Yeah. I, uh, actually I, I studied in Berkeley in California, uh, before I moved back to, uh, I moved to Europe. 
I'm, I'm European, I'm French, but I, I, I lived 12 years in California and worked in Silicon Valley. So, I mean, talking about the startups, uh, this is the hub, you know, this is where all the startups are. And, you know, it was very inspirational, you know, definitely. Yeah. So I, I started a company uh, with, a, with my housemate back in 1998, just around the time where Google registered their <laughs> google.com domain name. And we had our own website where you could order t-shirts. So we really started early to make, uh, uh, you know, to do a website with, yeah. a, you know, sort of with an ordering system. We printed t-shirts in the evening, we had day jobs and evening <laughs> jobs with our little startup. And we ended up selling the company 10 years later. Wow. Uh, a screen, a t-shirt print company, a screen print company. And uh, from then on, I, I did different things uh, on the side. I've always had, I had my day job and something on the side. So it was always in me. And uh, finally, uh, four years, five years ago, I quit my day job and just started on my own producing uh, music and doing diff different uh, startup sort yeah. of thing. Uh, well, let's talk a little bit about the music side. Now, is it all kid music? Is that mostly what you're working on? Yes, it's, it's uh, purely kid music. So that definitely helps. And uh, I speak several languages, uh, so I decided to do music for the world. So, you know, so English, Spanish, yeah. Dutch, just about every language you can think of. And uh, the idea of Timio comes also from that, you know, myself being uh, multilingual. Actually, my wife is German. I am French. Uh, we live in the Netherlands. <laughs> and among the three of us, between my wife and my son and myself, we speak English at Right. So, <laughs> so it's like my son was born with four languages. So yeah. uh, that was that, that's you find it again inside the, the the toy as well. Right. That's awesome. Well, let's flip over to the actual Kickstarter. So we're talking with about nine days to go. So when when people are hearing this, they'll probably be about a week five five, six days ago. Um, so you had a goal of about, I'm looking at us dollars too. So I'm, I'm looking at about 22,000 or so as a goal, but you're currently at 71,000 with 671 backers. So the backers numbers to me is what's really impressive. That's a lot of people for a, I am as impressed as yours. So, but behind the scenes, before you hit that launch button, was there any sort of data points you were looking at that you wanted to hit before you launched uh, impressions, yes. Facebook, emails? What were, what were you trying to hit before you hit the launch button? So my uh, measuring uh, stick was uh, Facebook. So I did, I did ads on Facebook. Um, you know, I asked people to register to receive our uh, announcement for the Kickstarter campaign. And I reached 5,000. You know, I had the list of 5,000 people uh, within a couple of months. So I was like, wow, okay, people are interested in my campaign. So this was had two, two, two reasons. One is to build a mailing list and two, to see if there would be demand for yeah. such toy. So for me, that's what was it. So I was like, 5,000, okay, can't go wrong. No, that. So that, again, I put some budget aside for that because that's also not cheap. But it paid itself, you know, definitely. So when we launched the campaign, I don't know, uh, it, within 12 hours, we reached our uh, funding. So that was like, okay, you know, if you can, try to get some uh, some people to register on your website or Facebook right, right. Uh, as much as you can. Gotcha. Yeah, so, and then what's been like, has there been any sort of uh, weird data points behind the scenes in the campaign? I don't know, countries that have popped up or, um, or, people ordering them in bulk or, or anything weird that's kind of stood out where you're like, ah, oh, I wasn't expecting that at all. The, the request for languages, you know, I've had people asking me for Persian. I've had people asking wow. me for Indian. Um, so <laughs> then the list goes on and on and wow. on. And I was like, we have, there are, you know, 
thousands of languages, not you know, really, literally thousands. I had somebody asking me for a dialect from the Chinese language. So that's going to be difficult to satisfy. Yeah. So even w one big request was like, can we have it in American accent or British accent? So I had people asking for accents even. So it's like, how can you satisfy <laughs> you know, every single language <laughs> in the world? So right now we've had actually the most requested uh, uh, language has been uh, Mandarin Chinese. Uh, so we don't have that uh, in, the, in the toy. And I think that would be really, really great if we could have it. So uh, actually, as we speak, we're now really working hard to try to see if we can uh, align uh, all the content makers to really get that uh, language going because it requires a lot of work to get the content uh, you know, done and recorded uh, in the studio for, for the tour. So uh, hopefully we can make it. Hopefully by the time uh, this video is live, we can announce it that we, we will add the language as well. Yeah, that'd be great. What, what has to happen um, uh, when, when you're making this, the music? What's, I mean, is it hiring a full band? Is it you producing everything? Is it you doing the, 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 the languages? Is it hiring people? What, what does that take? Yeah, so obviously I don't speak uh, Mandarin Chinese. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, so I would work with uh, with Asian uh, singer or vocal artists. Um, and uh, the music, obviously, uh, we have a lot of the music already because it's the same songs pretty much in every language. So you're going to have the wheels on the bus in French, the wheels on the bus in English. And it exists in Chinese as well. So uh, we're going to try to reuse the same content because it's very expensive to produce content. So if we can reuse as much as possible, um, that would uh, help to uh, speed up the process, obviously, for production and uh, lower the costs. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I'm always working with, again, uh, professional musicians and studios and, mm -hmm. and artists. Now, is there... Are, is um, most of the uh, of this material open domain, or is it is yeah, it like CDs so, on this stuff? Yeah, there is it. I no, actually, like, yeah, if, uh, no. So some some stuff is, uh, but we don't use it. So we really make sure that we use the, the songs that are not attributed to a living uh, writer. Right. So Wheels on the Bus is yeah, the bil billion versions of that song <laughs> out there. Um, so that's kind of the sort of songs you'll have: Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star. Yeah. So on and so forth. So we're gonna use only, uh, you know, non-copyrighted uh, content. As well. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and obviously, we record we record our own, you know, music in our own studios with our own uh, vocal artists. Uh, you know, so it's uh, new content. We don't use right. somebody. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I was just wondering if there still is a licensing fee or anything like along those lines, but probably with like <clears throat> nursery rhyme esque stuff. Yeah. That's uh, there. Really isn't. Is there? There's not. No. That's interesting. So what does, you know, for you, what is the next, well, okay, let's, let's back this up actually. So nine days to go in the campaign, money drops 14 days, something like that from Kickstarter. So, you know, the money gets in your pocket. What starts the process? How do you start getting the, um, the Timios out to people? Well, the, the, the process has already started. So we have uh, regular calls with a factory. So we're building the molds already. So we're, you know, finishing, uh, finishing up the software, the PCB, the electronics. So the process has already started now. We just want to make sure that we keep up to the timeline and make sure we deliver uh, at the end of August as promised. Mm -hmm. um, so hopefully no hiccups until then. Yeah. Uh, so it's really make, making sure to have a daily communication or weekly communication with the factory to make sure that uh, everything is smooth. Uh, so that, that's really being on top of things. Yeah. And how do you guys handle shipping since you're in the Netherlands and stuff? If, you know, how, how do you guys handle uh, that portion of it? 
Yeah, so right now we're going to do direct from China. Um, so that's so we found a, a partner there. Um, obviously, for the US, we may find uh, that it would be cheaper to have a local distribution a fulfillment company to do that. So we're looking into that as well. Um, so we should be able to save a couple of bucks uh, to, to the backers uh, by shipping directly from the US, because this is where 80% of the backers right. are anyways. So that uh, that definitely will help. Yeah, interesting, interesting. So what does it look like for you then over the next year or so? I mean, is this something that obviously it's get, maybe it's a get this one done or is there multiple products coming down the pipeline? What do you envision yeah. happening? My mind is thinking about new products daily. So it's, like <laughs> it's really staying focused. You know, hopefully, you know, we can make a, a, some uh, sustainable business out of uh, Teamio because uh, there, there is demand for such a product, I think. Um, so I, I, I've seen a competitor doing this, something similar with a different concept, though, in, uh, in Germany. And they're really generating $50 million a, a year just from Germany. Wow. So if, if it's possible, you know, to make this as a sustainable business and focus on that, uh, that, that would be ideal. So really, I would like this to grow into something uh, that where we can produce more content. Uh, we can improve the product uh, over the years, maybe doing a network product where you can download content from the internet. Um, so it remains to, seen, yeah. to be seen, you know, but to, right now it's just to get it out there, getting in hand of, hands of people and getting some feedback and think about the future uh, at the later date, if obviously this becomes a sustainable uh, yeah. business model. Well, you know, for you with a product like this, is it something that you could see um, like a, a big boy coming in and, and, and buying it out like a type of thing? Or is it more, I want to have multiple kid products. Like I want to make kids designs with music and stuff. And, you know, or, or, or is it where you see like there's a little bit of an exit at some point of like, you know, I don't what's the hash bro or some, some big boy coming in and going, we will see. I really cannot say at this point, but obviously I've uh, considered all options um, you know, when I start something, I really do it well. So really for me, it's to get really Timio to be a top-notch product mm -hmm. uh, with top-notch content. And what will come out of it, uh, you know, only, <laughs> only the future will tell. I, I just go with the flow, you know. So yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Concerned about that, yeah. Well, where can people find out more information? How can they dive in and, and uh, uh, learn yeah, more so about the product stuff? T-I-M-I-O is the name of the product, Timio. Uh, you can just... Uh, Type it in Kickstarter, you'll find it, or you can go to teamio.co.com and you go on the webpage, and then that links back to the Kickstarter campaign. Um, there's plenty of videos and plenty of uh, yeah. content. Uh, we, we, go, we explain every disk, what's, in, what's inside, what kind of content we even have on the Kickstarter page. We can play some samples in different languages. You can hear what, it, what they sound like. So, uh, yeah, it is, it's a beautiful built page. I, I recommend everybody go check it out. Um, it's it's just it's done really really well. It's a great campaign, and uh, I think you've actually you got a, a real winner here. It's something that it see, I can definitely see growing and changing, and, and there's just a ton of possibilities. So really well done on the on the project, and uh, I, I'm excited to kind of keep my eye on what you're working on because it looks like looks like you're doing some good stuff. Great, really appreciate the feedback. No All right, thanks so much. Thank you very much, Jeff. Bye. Speak to you soon. Bye bye. All right. How about that interview? Totally an amazing conversation. You can, you know, if, if you're thinking about running one of these campaigns, how Basile did it is exactly what you've got to be doing. You've got to be thinking about those things. You've got to spend money to make money. 
And if you do that, you will have a successful product launch. So again, thank you so much for taking time out of your day, Basile. Um, I know everything's been busy. Uh, we didn't get into much of it in the interview, but uh, his father passed away in the middle of the campaign too, which is why we actually delayed our podcast a couple episodes. So he had a lot on his plate. So him taking time out of his day to bring information for you, the listener, and for even myself, I, I'm, I'm really appreciative. So I hope you guys are all having a great day. The song we're going to be, be listening to is a song called Out of My Life. Uh, it was on the Sugar Roses collection, and I hope you guys enjoy it, and I will talk to you all next week. What difference does it make? We wasted so much time. Another minute with you can make me lose my mind. believe I took the time to write you this song.